Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships. I remember sitting two weeks before our, our wedding in the Chicago Ballroom, downtown yes. Chicago, at the Family Life Weekend to Remember, engaged, listening to the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, talk about how important the spiritual part of your marriage is. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I thought Dennis Rainey is the most remarkable speaker. This conference is amazing. You know what I remember is from that day on, you wanted me to be Dennis Rainey. That's what <laughs> I, I totally remember. totally did. It started yes. right then and there. Yes, that is when it started. Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. And again, 14 days from now, we're getting married. I remember thinking, oh, the spiritual part of our marriage will we be got the this. easiest. Yeah. It, I mean, it won't even be something you have to work at. It we love just... Jesus. It's so natural. And then we got married. And what happened? I had no idea, number one, how hard marriage would be. Number two, how hard it would be to connect together spiritually. Hmm. It was really a struggle for me. Here we are 41 years later, and I'm, I, uh, it's still a struggle in I some think, ways. I really think that I judged your spiritual walk. <laughs> and I had expectations that you were going to be Dennis Rainey and Bob Lapine. And so I was like, wait, what is happening right now? And so I was always thinking, oh, you should do this and you should do that. I feel like it was more me than anybody. Oh, good. I'm going to blame you then, too. So you can. I think it was all you. No. <laughs> Dave and Ashley Willis back with us again. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thank you. Hey, all. thank you. Anne wanted you to be like Dennis Rainey, and I think Ashley <laughs> wants me to be like Dave Wilson. <laughs> so it just you got way too much hair. <laughs> You're never gonna look like this. You got you got good hair, dude. Well, he does have some good hair. It, yeah, he does. It's the only reason why I want to go to high school reunions because, like, I found <laughs> oh that as goodness. a guy. The only reason a man really wants to go to a high school reunion is because he still has his hair. It's Whatever. not to see people. It's not to, it's just like. All I know is I'm looking at uh, your latest book, Naked and Healthy, and there's a picture of you guys on the cover. No publishers ever put us on the yeah, cover, why honey. Is that? What and it's happened? not because of you. It's because of me. They don't no, want a bald should, guy on the front so of a book. Cute. But no. your ministry, you have really impacted hundreds of thousands of people like you are helping marriages everywhere around the world so thank you for what you've been doing you've been writing books and you're you're how many years have you been married 20 and you got four <laughs> sons you yes. have a podcast called naked marriage yep yeah. And we've already right. described naked marriage does not mean you sit in a room naked. It is all about vulnerability mm-hmm. and naked and unashamed. It's beautiful. And and this book, Naked and Healthy, uh, and first of all, we've we've talked about it a little bit. How did you even come up with the idea of healthy? Because you're talking about mental health. You're talking about spiritual health and physical health. Today we get to talk about the spiritual part. But where did the, even the concept come? Yeah, I mean, we just we just kind of, in the couples that we've worked with over over the many years we've done marriage ministry, we just saw this tendency of couples not having health in all of those areas and and how, you know, really 
both the husband and wife are individuals who have their individual health, but also it, it, it affects the marriage collectively. You know, when, when we're, one of us is struggling with mental health, it's going to affect the other. And when one of us is really not feeling good physically, it's going to affect the other. And so, and sometimes you both are dealing with those things. Like sometimes you both are having mental health issues or physical issues. And so we just wanted to talk about what does it look like in us individually striving towards better health, but also in our marriage, having a healthier marriage. And like, how do, how do we navigate that? Because sometimes when we're not on the same page, you know, on our health journey, it can cause a lot of fights. And so we talk about that. We talk about how you can grow healthier physically, mentally, and spiritually um, as an individual, but also how in that journey, you you can actually grow stronger in your marriage. Mm. So let's talk about the spiritual, um, yes. because I, I know a lot of couples probably feel like we're in different places. Mm. You know, we're not compatible spiritually. We may be in physically and mentally and emotionally, but this area, there's a there's a little gap or a disconnect. What do you say? I mean, obviously, we've already said it's really, really important part of your marriage. But what do you say to a couple feels like I'm not able to connect in the same level or a different level than my spouse? Well, I would say it's first off, it's really worth the effort. I think, you know, our, our culture has given us this myth that as long as you've got chemistry, as long as there's like, you know, physical connection, then that's really all you need. And that alone make, is the recipe for a terrible relationship if you if you're I, not and they building. would probably say and if you have a spiritual oh that's just a great bonus <laughs> yeah it's oh, not yeah. The, it's not at the forefront of their thinking mm-hmm. it's not but really it needs to be the foundational part right. uh, of the three it's the, the most important i mean jesus tells the the, the 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 parable of the storm coming and where's your life built you got to build your life on the rock mm-hmm. if you don't have that foundation the storms of life are going to blow you over and within marriage it's building that house together on the rock, which is your faith in God, his word, being unified in that, because storms of life are going to come. And sadly, a lot of couples don't realize how spiritually disconnected they are until a storm comes along and really just kind of knocks them off the foundation. And they realize, I I thought we were just doing pretty good, but we were on Mm -hmm. autopilot. And the spiritual aspect of our lives, our faith in Christ, our, our, you know, being rooted together in him, it had just not been a priority. And so I'm going to read that scripture because it's one of our favorites. Yeah, read it. It's at the end of the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew 7. It says this, um, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Mm. So, you guys, I just I want you to talk through that. You've already been doing it, Dave, but like walk us through the importance and how you've probably seen so many houses fall yeah. over the years of ministry and marriage. Right. And I think, you know, we always say, too, like when when kind of your house like, you know, you can have all the like those winds hitting your house and it can even crumble on the rock. But the rock's there to support you, you know, because I think even in our health journeys, we can feel that we can be like, man, it's like another diagnosis or it's like another thing with my mental illness is flaring up again. I'm having those anxiety, you know, anxiety attacks again or whatever it is. I think even when we go through that, when we have uh, spiritual health in our life, when we're building our house, so to speak, on the truth of God's word and in our relationship with him, we can get through anything. We really can. And, you know, I think a lot of times where the spiritual aspect really comes to light, it's one of the big ones is when we're going through troubles. But also I find this when couples have children. 
because yeah. they're not sure where faith is, you know, what role faith is going to play in raising those children. And so many times couples reach out to us and they'll say, you know, I know I definitely, you know, I kind of strayed away from the church for a while, but I, I really want to come back to the Lord and I want to raise our, our children in the church. But my husband or my wife or whatever is saying, well, just you and the kids go. Yeah. And it really grieves the spouse's heart who's going to church. And the spouse at home is like, you're weird. Like, I don't even want to do that. Like, I was raised like that. It didn't seem real to me. I don't want any part of it. And so you start to see the conflict rise there. And, you know, the reason we kind of, you know, wrote this book about health and especially about the spiritual side of it is that it really is, I believe, the most important aspect of our health, because, again, it's the thing that can get us through all those other times when when we're having trouble in the other areas. And so, um, you know, when, when you're going through this, I think it's really important to just talk openly and honestly about really where you are in your spiritual journey and don't be afraid. You know, you got to get naked, so to speak, and be vulnerable about it. And if you are doubting God, you know, don't be afraid to go to your spouse and say, like, listen, I, I really, I long to kind of feel the way you do about the Lord, but I, this thing happened to me or I've just had these doubts and I don't know what to do with them. So let's talk through that. And I think that's where you start to see couples really get a better understanding of each other, but also really kind of grow in the Lord when they can be that honest. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. So if you're the spouse that's going to church or wanting to pursue a spiritual walk and your spouse isn't, mm. how do you talk about it? Like maybe they're adamant, like, you know, you go, it's not my thing. It's never going to be my thing. Maybe you started the marriage thinking that we were going to be somewhat compatible here, but you realize, wow, we're not. Mm. How do you navigate that? We get a lot of those messages, yeah. and mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're in that dynamic, you know we we pray for you because mm-hmm. I think that can be such a, a lonely place when you're the believing spouse and you feel like you're trying to carry that that alone. And the most important part of your life, your faith in Christ, isn't something that that your spouse will share with you. And it's so hard to have complete intimacy when the most important part of your life is something right. that they're they're not willing to participate in. The Bible gives us some good practical instruction on here in, in Paul's writings in the New Testament. And to kind of, you know, summarize, you know, what, what he says, it's to keep loving them, uh, to try to, like, win them over with, with your good deeds. No, nowhere in there is, does it say, like, beat them over the head, <laughs> preach at them, you know, tell them that they're terrible, uh, guilt them into it. But it's, it's love them, serve them, be kind to them, let them know you're praying for them, um, you know, let them see through your authentic but imperfect example because none of us are perfect but your authentic example that that you really believe what you say you believe right. and that you're doing your part to live it out um and and talk about what the difference it's making in your life and what you're learning and how you're growing and how you're you're praying for them and how you know someday you know you'd love to be able to share share this with them but do it in a way that is that is inviting and that is you know the, the bible also says be willing to give Give it, to, to testify to the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Um, and that's First Peter that says that. And so be willing to say, like, what your faith is about and why you believe what you believe and why you're doing what you're doing, but do it with gentleness and respect and not that animosity or anger or frustration of, like, well, if you would do it with me, right. life would be so much easier. So be kind. And sometimes you're going to have to pray while you're praying for your spouse. Pray, God, give me the right attitude with my spouse like, mm. to help me be a reflection of your love and grace instead of just my own flesh getting in the way and my own frustration getting in the way 
Like, let me really love him the way that you love him, Jesus, right. and let him see that, a glimpse of that through, through me. I love what Andy Stanley said about this. He said, your spouse should be able to know how much God loves them by the way you treat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, when I first heard that, I thought, wait, wait, what? Like, and he said, if your spouse has no idea what Jesus is like, they should be able to think, like, the way my wife or my husband loves me, if Jesus loves me like that, then I want to know him. But we tend to be, and this is mm-hmm. me, like, I tend to be like, you should do this, and you should be getting in the Word. And I've done that with our kids, too. Like, especially with teenagers, I remember I was like, you guys, we should be in the Word, and let's do this. And, you know, it's like I pulled out my ball bat, and I was like, here's what we're doing now. <laughs> And I realized, like, they'd have this glazed look in their eye, like, oh, here she goes again on her soapbox. But then as I was praying, I felt like God was saying exactly what you're saying, Dave. Show them. Show them how much you love Jesus. Don't tell them what they should do. Let them see it in your own life. And so I just started saying at the dinner table, naturally, it wasn't contrived. Like, let me tell you what God's showing me today. Let me tell you about how I was in the grocery store and I paid for this lady's groceries today because I felt God say that I should. She does that all the time. (laughs) I love it. But, But I'll have these stories of these God encounters. And that's when I remember our kids were like what did you do like are you crazy mom you know like I'd stop on the side of the road for somebody that needed help if it was a woman or you know just things that I felt like God was stirring in me not to condemn or to think oh she's so amazing because I also shared my struggles I think too as a couple to talk about your faith journeys what did your faith look like growing up yes how did you come to believe or not believe what happened in your life I think that reveals a lot. Do you guys, have you found that too? Absolutely. Yes. And it all, it, it's about that vulnerability, being yes. willing to talk about it, yes. but not judging each other. Right. Because, you know, a lot of times we do come from very different backgrounds. And, you know, I, I mean, I'll just say ours, like Dave grew up in a home where he went to church every Sunday, probably a lot of Wednesdays, was heavily involved in his youth group. And I grew up in a home that I would consider faith friendly, but not necessarily a Christian home. And we would go, we were CEOs. We'd go on Christmas and Easter only. That was me. Yes. Our family. Yes. yes. And, Priesters. But, you know, it, it was friendly. Like, I mean, I could talk about God. Like once I came to the faith at 12 years old, I'm, I'm grateful. I had parents who would drop me off at church to go to youth group. And you know, the way that my parents, and I want to say this to anybody listening to, if they have a, a spouse who doesn't yet believe in Jesus, if you are bringing your kids to church and they get involved in things at church, it's a great opportunity for your spouse to go and to see what God is doing in your child's life. And you never know if that's going to actually bring them closer to the Lord. And that's actually what happened with my parents. And also many of my friends' parents is they would come and they would see me sing in the, in the show choir at church. Or, or, you know, they would come and help me volunteer for whatever activity we were doing. And, and you know, don't, don't count God out on them. I think we're thinking we're the ones. It's our responsibility. Yes. And we do play a role. But God loves them more than we even love them. Right. And so just pray for them and know that God, you know, who started that good work in them, that little seed, and you're a big part of that little seed. You know, he's going to he's going to continue to work in them. But I think I love what you said, Anne. I think making faith and following Jesus as real and and just just real, you know, right before their eyes and not using Christianese, like a language they don't understand that they're like, that's weird. They're part of a cult, like just being very real and talking about what God is doing in your life. It it shows them 
you know, it, it kind of is giving them that little taste and see that the Lord is good and just pointing it out, like, see what God has done. I was praying for that for us, like mm. that financial breakthrough. I've been praying for that. Like you heard me pray for that or, you know, just pointing it out and saying like, you know, God's with us, not being weird about it, but just saying, look, you know, God's working and then leave it there because God's going to do the rest. Yeah. So talk about um, your your spiritual relationship in your marriage, because I know there's couples listening like we are both believers. We do go to church together. But sometimes we struggle to connect as a couple spiritually. We call it in our vertical marriage, but going vertical. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you guys do that? There is something really intimate about praying together, and the couples who aren't doing that, I feel like they're missing out. I was reminded about this, how intimate it can be. My my parents right now, who are just kind of faith heroes of mine and heroes for a lot of ways, a lot of reasons. You know, dad, my dad's been through like just a terrible year and a half. You know, he had um, a near a near death uh, heart incident and then he had a uh, cancer diagnosis and he had um, deal with that. And then right out of that, he had a staph infection in his knee that basically has crippled him for the last year mm-hmm. where he hasn't he'd been in terrible pain. He hasn't been able to walk. And it's just been a really painful process to get that under control. He's finally coming out of that. But in kind of the worst part of it where he was in this agonizing pain and He'd be laying there on the couch, and he had, like, whatever pain medication he could have for the day, and there was nothing else he could do, and he's just in agony, and, you know, and I would hear stories from him and mom about them just holding hands and, you know, with tears in both their eyes, them just praying these these heartfelt, passionate prayers together for God's strength, and them talking about those moments now as, um, as painful as they were, some of the most intimate moments of any kind they've ever shared in their marriage, and I, I feel like when a couple will bring whatever they're facing to God, the, the gratitude in their heart for what's going on or the, the gut-wrenching pain of we don't even have the words, Lord, but just we're going to hold hands and cry together and cr- call out to you. Sharing that in faith and knowing that Jesus is right there with you in the midst of it, it, it is some of the most intimate moments a couple can share. And it so is. we try to encourage, you know, our set, remind ourselves of that and then yes. encourage other couples to not get out of the, the habit of, seeking God together. And yeah, yeah, it's an individual thing. We each on our own have to seek the Lord. But as a married couple, we have this unique, beautiful time of to be a court of three strands where it's a husband and wife and the Lord to say, let's let's seek the Lord together. And in doing that, the closeness we feel not only with him, but with one another is is really something special. And it doesn't have to be like, I think some people are intimidated, like, I don't have all this deep theological language. I don't know what to say. It's like, listen, just talk to your heavenly father. He loves you. Your father in heaven loves you. Talk to him like you would talk to your best friend in the world. And if you'll just come to him with a heart of faith together, it's going to do wonders. And it's going to take probably one spouse you know, initiating. initiating. Yes. Yeah. And so if you're the spouse that um, that maybe is a little more comfortable in that area, then be the one to initiate and then just be so supportive of your spouse in that journey as they pray, like encourage them and just talk about what it meant to you to hear them talk to God and, and, and how it brought you closer to the Lord in that moment and closer to your spouse too. And, and really encourage them in that and build that up instead of making your spouse feel bad for not you know, praying as much as you or whatever, yeah. build each other up. And those moments can be really special. I think too, yeah. for women, 
I know that I went through a phase of being bitter that they wasn't initiating. And then I would think, oh, well, he's the leader. He's supposed to initiate prayer. Who wins in that? Like, Satan has just won. So I wouldn't pray and Dave wouldn't pray because he's asleep, feeling great about everything. (laughs) And I'm sitting over there, you know, feeling bitter about the whole thing. And instead of doing that, I remember as I was kind of complaining to God, like, there, he fell asleep and we were supposed to pray. Mm -hmm. I remember God just nudging me. He's like, why? Why don't you just pray? He fell asleep. Go ahead and pray. And so I feel like, oh, yeah, God got that victory because I just put my hand on Dave, prayed out loud, and and he didn't mean to fall asleep. You know, he just fell asleep. And so I think it's really important that if God presses it on your heart, just initiate. And if you have a spouse that's not a praying kind of person, maybe they don't even have faith, still there's something so sweet about your spouse putting their hand on your shoulder at night saying, Jesus, thank you for my spouse. Thank you that he's a good man or she's a great wife or whatever. You're praying positive words over them. That just does something to melt the heart and make you responsive to God because God is always loving us. Right. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, where we started was Matthew 7. Mm. And it's really interesting when you look at that passage and think, okay, what did Jesus say the wise man does compared to the fool. And I've read it uh, at church over times and tried to see if people notice I took something out. Nobody ever notices. I'll say something like this. Hey, you know, Matthew 7 is amazing. It says, you know, everyone who hears these words of mine is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And nobody realizes that's not what he said. You got to put it into practice. He said, everyone hears these words of mine and does them or puts mm-hmm. them into practice. And that's the difference. Because yeah. I think we think the spiritual part of our marriage is go to church. Uh, get in a small group, which obviously is yes. awesome. It's awesome. wonderful. But then we're like, okay, that's it. We've got this <laughs> spiritual thing. We, we go to church, you know, once yeah. a month or twice. Or, and, you know, we got the kids in the kids program. Never thinking, wait, wait, wait. Wisdom is, I'm going to apply what I'm not a hearer, I'm a doer. And everything you're talking about right now is like, no, let's put this into practice. Let's pray together. Let's not talk about it, not listen to it. Let's do it. And Dave, you said in a previous program, start today. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying start today. I thought, what a great word. Because there's a couple listening right now. I was like, okay, I, I'll start that next month. No. Start today. today. Right now, maybe be the first time you ever prayed with your spouse yeah. to go vertical, to, to bring the spiritual part. And there's a husband I know going, yeah, but I don't really even pray out loud. I don't know how to pray. And I've said many times, here's a prayer. Grab her, grab her hand and say, help. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, you sort of think, well, that's not a prayer. Oh, yeah, we know that. Jesus is rushing to any husband and wife who pray, we need your help. Yes. And that prayer will grow. It'll it'll mm. morph into something maybe longer. And who cares if it does or doesn't? But that's a, laying a foundation to say, let's just start there. Yeah. I got to say this. Thank you. You yeah. guys, the last three programs with you are going to help so many people. You've already helped us. Thanks for being on Family Life. It's great to have you here. Oh, it's our Thank honor to be guys. here. Thanks for what you're doing. We love it. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson, along with Bob Lapine and their team, for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. 
A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Need help building that heart-to-heart communication between you and your preteen while laying a foundation of purity that will prepare them for the turbulent years ahead? Check out Passport to Purity on our website, families.powertochange.org.au, under the Resources tab. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.